Welcome to the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. I'm Stephanie Boyd, your host. In case you didn't know, Bammer stands for Badass Mother Runner. This podcast will bring you stories from across Kentucky and beyond about badass women running and the people that support them. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. I'm Stephanie Boyd, your host, and today I have a very special guest with me, and we've been chatting actually uh, before this about a few things, and I can't wait for you all to hear uh, what my guest told me when she came on, but I want everybody to help me welcome Kelly Doyle to the podcast. Welcome, Kelly. How are you? I am fantastic and so excited to be here. (laughs) Yay. And you were so excited to be here that I have to tell everybody you are one of, you get a gold star, first of all, as one of the guests on the podcast, because you have made notes for yourself for this podcast. I've only had one other person really tell me they did that, but I think it's always funny because um, I'm a type A like personality. And when I've been on shows or done things, media related things for work, I always have to make notes for myself and like go. And when I prepare to do podcasts with you guys, I will make note, like I will go back and like do some research and make some notes. So I am very proud of you for revealing to me that you have notes for today's podcast. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. I am a very organized person. So that is one of my things I do. (laughs) Girl, you're speaking my language. So I love it. I love it. Well, Kelly, I'm so glad that you decided to come on the show today, and um, I want to start out just by asking you for people who are listening that do not know you to share with us a little bit about who you are as a person. So what labels or identifiers do you uh, give yourself if you were telling people who you are? Yeah, so again, Kelly Doyle, I am a born, raised, and will probably always live in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I am a mom of one daughter. She's amazing. And I am not a baby person. So I love that she's growing up. Not many people say that. And I'm a wife for 19 years, uh, daughter, sister, big, huge motivator, your biggest cheerleader if you're up to something fun. Um, an early riser, unlike you, Stephanie, <laughs> for working out. <laughs> Can't do it. I like to give you grief, but that's okay. I'm usually done with workouts before 6 a.m. I, my title for me is make it happen. And that is my kind of big thing of, you know, I, I'm behind the scenes a lot and make it happen for other people to look good. So I'm not in the front runner. I'm always behind the scenes. Um, Bourbon drinker because it's yummy and runner. And most recently, a half Iron Man finisher. So yeah, that's my amazing story there. I love it. I love all of those things, um, especially the bourbon drinker part, which I think I knew that about you before this podcast, but I, somewhere we had been talking about this maybe in the running group um, yes. about bourbon drinker because we talk about how early you work out. I'm sure, pretty sure bourbon had fell into that conversation. Before. Absolutely. <laughs> Somehow it always surfaces in these conversations when we're talking about running. Makes sense. Makes sense to me. So Kelly, I want you to tell us, um, now that you've told us a little bit about yourself, I'm really curious about, well, first of all, I'm always curious about how people get to the point where they decide they want to do a half or full Ironman. Um, So we're going to get to that part. And that's, um, it just always amazes me when people do that. And so <clears throat> we'll, we'll get there, but I want you to, I want us to kind of start from the beginning, so to speak, and you don't have to go back to like when you first learned to walk, but rem, you know, do you, what are your first memories of running? What, when you were younger, were you a runner or not? And just, what did you think about running and, and what are your memories of running? How early did you start running? Sure. So I never ran honestly until I was 29. And I was a cheerleader when I grew up, so I never did have to do laps or anything like that. So with uh, sports, so that wasn't, you know, anything, but I was 29, getting ready to turn 30 and I needed to lose 30 pounds. I was not as healthy as I needed to be, didn't like the way I looked in pictures. And so I said, I'm going to sign up for the Kentucky Derby Mini back in 2008. So... I literally went out in front of my house and there's a half mile loop 
and I ran mailbox to mailbox as far as I could go. And then, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. And then I ran another mailbox or two and then did the same thing, huffing and puffing all the way around that circle. And with that, I finally made it one day. I don't know how many weeks it took me, but I finally made it all the way around the circle without stopping. And boy, was that an accomplishment. <laughs> so then I thought, well, if I can do that once, why can't I do it twice? So that was my first real moment of running. Mm -hmm. So I hear a lot about the mailbox theory, like the mailbox strategy. It comes up a lot. And I think it's genius, actually, because it's, you know, now I don't know about you, but what, 2008, did you have a running watch or did you have a way to measure your distance? Did you have a no, GPS? I knew the circle was a half mile because I drove it. The only reason I knew. So we had an odometer as our measuring device at this point. I mean, I didn't have a watch when I first started running and kind of had just had to know, right? And the mailbox is great because it does allow for great interval training and everything's like spaced out. If you're in a neighborhood, you know, it's spaced out in great distance. So you know exactly how far you're running, walking, whatever. But I have lots of people that said that's how they started. They were just like, I'm just going to decide to run to the next mailbox. And then if I get to that one, I'm going to go to the next mailbox. We'll see how many I can get today. And then next time I'll try to go to one extra mailbox or walk to one extra mailbox. So I love the mailbox strategy. I feel like it's somebody needs to pick up on that and like write a book about <laughs> the mailbox strategy because we're all agreed. Used to agreed. And I mean, I had no running gear. I had my regular tennis shoes, cloth t-shirt. No, I mean, I don't even know if I had, I didn't have anything running wise. I mean, I just mm -hmm. went out air shorts and a t-shirt and all what I could do mm -hmm. you know and even even for the like that was my goal is the half marathon and I, I don't know I don't even know when I started honestly it's been so long ago and mm -hmm. um but yet you know I finally made it to that mile and I was like I can do this and then it was like three miles and then if I can do three miles I can do six and if I can do six why can't I do 13 I mean it's after honestly after three miles it's getting to the mental capacity. And after six, it's all mental to me. I mean, if you can go that far, yes, you have to have your physical strength. But I mean, after that, you've got to have your mental toughness in check. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And I ran that first half marathon. I remember, and during that time, the half actually went through Iroquois. So you actually had to run. I had never ran hills. I was huffing and puffing and I'll tell you what, I only stopped and I gave myself a, a hundred steps at that last hill in Iroquois. And then I ran the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I finished with my PR of 221.26 that I still have not yet beat. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Nope. And you didn't have like a formal training plan, obviously, or like- I had I, nothing. I had nothing. It was just sheer determination and grit. And adrenaline. <laughs> adrenaline and I've got to get to the finish line uh -huh. right like I don't have I didn't know the course I didn't know anything <laughs> I, I was a stupid remember, runner yeah do you remember how you felt when you crossed finish line amazing I felt fine I, I mean I must have trained well but I do remember going out and I had a I want to say I only did eight or nine miles at the max too to train for it. And I would run out in my neighborhood and I did a four mile stretch twice and came in for water at the four mile mark and then went right back out, you know, 30 seconds later. Mm -hmm. but, and then, and then I did it again the next year. So I lost my weight and was happy and healthier and voila. <laughs> so have you run the many every year since then? No, no. So yeah. in 2009 was my last one. So then I actually ran it and I was pregnant. I didn't know it. Then in 2010, I had my daughter and I know we've talked about this before, but I had choriocarcinoma, which is the cancer of the placenta. And, um, I was diagnosed six weeks postpartum, um, had chemo, all that fun stuff and was, um, cleared after about four months. Thankfully, if you get the cancer, that's what you want to get is what I heard. Um, so I had an over 90% um, recovery rate, which was obviously awesome, which gave me a more powerful attitude to beat it, um, along with my normal go-getter attitude anyway. Mm -hmm. So that obviously set me back a little bit. Um, 
because I just wanted to chow down on M&Ms and all kinds of sweet stuff because that's what cancer likes, right? <laughs> so, um, but it was really motivating to me that, you know, I needed to take care of myself. And so for, I'm going to say, I didn't start running again until my best friend enticed me with a Disney run in 2017. So 2016 fall was my first time really getting back into it. And I ran Urban Bourbon because it had an amazing medal. And I want to say it was one of the first races for them in 16. So, but uh, she enticed me in 17 to do coast to coast Disney. And we did the challenges in both Florida and California. So that was super fun. And it was actually the last year they did Tinkerbell in Anaheim. So we had the last of the medals and um, the coast to coast challenge, which was kind of of a, a sweet memory. Hmm. I bet that metal is like, a, like could go for a very premium price. So oh, it's rocking. <laughs> and plus we got a second coast to coast medal because it was the 10th anniversary. Nice. So we, I mean, I have a picture of me with my arms out and like holding a plethora and it was so heavy on our fun Disney trip. So it was just great memories with my best friend. Yeah. So the Disney the Disney trips always, I'm not a huge Disney, per, I mean, I've been to Disney multiple times, Disney World and like Epcot and all of all of that in Florida. I've never been to Disneyland. Um, <clears throat> it's great. It's fun. Like, and to take my kids there and to see their enjoyment of it. We've been a couple of times with the kids, but I've never done a race there. And so I think my husband and I said a couple of years ago, I mean, our kids are older now. And so we do different things. We don't, we haven't gone to Disney World in a couple of years, but if we go back, I think that would be a great way because the boys run with us now, you know, they're old enough to be able to do 5Ks and 10Ks. And I mean, my youngest son wants to do a half marathon. So I'm like, that would be a great family trip. Um, if we're going to go back, that's a great way to get through the parks and see all the fun characters. And I don't know how that's changed with COVID and everything, but I still think it would be pretty, pretty fun thing to do. It's, it's fun as long as you're ready to dress up, be silly, and see about 25,000 tutus pre-COVID. <laughs> so it's yeah. madness. Yeah, and be ready to wake up early because those races start at like 5.30 in the morning because the parks no, have open. I don't get up that early in the morning, but for races, I do. So I would be okay with it. Like as long there as you let me take a nap later on in the day. Oh, yeah. I'd be fine. So <laughs> Easy. So after you did this challenge now, and what were the distance for those races that you did? You so said. they had a 5k, a 10k, and then a half marathon three days in a row. And we would do all three That's and awesome. it was just fun. So the 5k, obviously we just did whatever the mm-hmm. 10k we, and we always dressed up and then the 10k, we would be kind of serious, but be silly. And then the half marathon, we were pretty serious, but dressed up. <laughs> so and we ran at our own paces, you know, we didn't do it together because she was a smidge slower than me, but yet uh, we wanted to do our own thing and we both finished strong at our own paces and intervals and everything. And it was great. And we met up at the end and, and the best part was on the 10 K out in California, we dressed up as inside out. So I was joy and me always smiling and she was disgust, which is her perfect personality And so we would run through the park and I was screaming, yelling, and just being totally obnoxious. And you all probably don't know me like that, but I was exhausted after that 10K. So, because I would run through the water stuff just going, wow, and it was just a blast. And people could hear me coming all the way from the opposite side. And it's just, you have to be silly when you're there. And it was just, it was vacation mode Kelly and fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure vacation mode Kelly is a lot of fun. She is. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds amazing. So that, that sounds like a, like this great destination, fun way to race. All right. So I'm totally on board with that. And as Absolutely. I, as I do more races, I do take myself less seriously um, because I, maybe cause I'm older, I don't, you know, and I just, I'm not allowed, I just can't do it any, I can't take myself seriously anymore, but I do love to go have fun and I love to challenge myself, but still like, okay, it's a race. If I have to, if I don't have a PR or I don't have the best race day, there's more races, right? Like 
that's kind of the way that I look at things and we'll just sign up for another one or whatever. But I feel like you went in the opposite direction and you got real serious at some point <laughs> about I your <laughs> Um Now, and I will tell, so I think this is how the story goes, but you correct me if I'm wrong, because you did, you, you did other raises obviously. And then our running group, which you were a part of, and we can talk about kind of how you found out about our running group, but we have this event we call, we do call the turkey um, sandwich, like duathlon. And the co-leader of, she runs this town and Allison had this stupid idea, like in the middle of 2017 that we were gonna, or 2016, that we were gonna sign up for all these races. And then she texts me one night, she's like, do you wanna do a triathlon? And I'm like, absolutely not. And she, so she kind of talked me into it and she was a huge, she loves cycling. So all we had to do was figure out how to swim, right? No big deal. We had plenty of time. So we did ended up train. we trained together um, for a, for sprint distance, which I do like the sprint distance for a triathlon. It's fun. I can not take myself serious still with those and have a good time and kind of be competitive. Um, but then Allison went on to do obviously other things, but we were training. And once we did, a, you know, once we, we did a duathlon and then we did a triathlon and we were like, this is the best shape we've ever been in our life. Like, because we're cross training all the time when we're running and our running's better and we're in the best shape we've ever been in. And, you know, just thinking about all of that, we were like, we need to open all these runners that we know up to this because the community in Louisville at that point was still to us really small. And there weren't a lot of women that were at these races that we knew. And so we were like, we want to get some of our friends to do this with us. And so we came up with this thing after Thanksgiving. We were like, we'll try it and see what happens. And I think like six or eight people showed up the first year and we mapped out a course for a run and a bike. And it was out and back run, you know, we had it all planned out. We were going to eat turkey sandwich, leftover turkey sandwiches afterwards. And it just kind of grew. So the next year, somebody's like, do you want to do it again? And we were like, sure. And more people came. And I think it was the second year you came to that event and it was 18, had, I believe. Yeah. Yes. And we had, so we had to talk some people into it and some people were like, I'm not sure. And I even remember after you all did it, everyone was really happy and felt really good. I think everybody felt really good about it. And then I was like, next thing you all know, you're going to be doing a triathlon. And I'm pretty sure you laughed at me or could have been somebody else. and was like, I don't swim or what, I don't remember what it was. And then I turn around and all of a sudden, next thing I know, like you're training for triathlons. So tell, tell us about this evolution, because obviously, you know, going, going through everything you went through with cancer, you took some time off, you had to take time off and then come back to running, which I'm sure was difficult. Yep. And so talk about this evolution, because then you also have this daughter, right? This tiny thing you got to take care of. And as moms, we have all of these jobs that we have that, that, take our attention. And so we kind of go in the background and, and don't have time for ourselves. So how did you manage to focus on your health? Because obviously you had to for recovery and, and then start running again and also have, have this precious little baby girl and all these other things. So tell us kind of what that journey looked like for you. And how did you get to the point where you decided, okay, well, I did this triathlon, so I'm going to do another one and I'm going to go further. And then eventually it led to this half Ironman. Yeah. So you are correct. The turkey sandwich duathlon enticed my, uh, we'll say it enticed me. Um, and I asked a fellow, you know, lady in our, our girl in our um, MRTT group. And I said, want to try this? You know, I just, cause we were just kind of hanging out, running together. And um she said, well, sure. Why not? I mean, it wasn't timed. It was literally just for fun. And I said, well, let's do a try because we run and we can bike. I mean, no big deal. She actually borrowed one of my bikes so we could do this <laughs> together. And um, Crystal and I went out and we had a good time and um, and we did it. And, and we had a ball along the way. We took funny pictures. We did, you know, and so it was 12 miles out um, going down this amazing hill to start out and then realizing halfway back I was like oh I gotta go up that hill oh my god am I gonna make it so anyway we get out to the 12 mile mark on the bike you get off my legs felt like absolute jello you're out there eating your sandwich or whatever you were watching our bikes and you were probably like these idiots because I had to like really like 
get myself ready for this run. So I get three miles out of these holy hills and thinking to myself, what have I got myself into? And then having horrible cramps because I didn't feel right because I don't know how to feel right because that's not what I was into yet. And then getting back on my bike was fine. And then going up that crazy hill at the end and literally lowest gear I had on a mountain bike (laughs) because that's all I had. Mm -hmm. So, but at the end, I have this amazing picture of my friend Crystal and I, and we have our medals made out of wood from Tara Jo, uh, another fellow group member. And that was when it literally clicked. I can do this. I may be slow, but I don't care. It's just, it's not about PRs. Like you said, it's about having the experience and having the, um, I guess the, what if I can do this moment and hot dog, I did it. (laughs) So that's when it clicked. And I, I did say, I don't know if it was me about never trying a triathlon because that's the day I said, I will go do a triathlon. Okay. I, I literally jumped in the pool that first week of January and joined the swim squad and did the first lap of my entire life. Never swam a lap in my life, but I hung out in the lake as a kid. So I was very comfortable in water. Thank goodness. Um, I didn't have to go through that. Like a lot of people do a fear of water and putting your face in the water, but I had never put on a pair of goggles and swam a lap in my entire life. And it was scary, but, and, and it was hard. Like swimming is hard. People just don't get it. They see these athletes going at it and watching the Olympics it's like oh it's easy I'll just be slower no 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 it's hard getting your breathing right and your it's just like running you got to have that right stride and got to have the right everything about it um and finally it again I'm going to say it clicked again because three weeks later I was about ready to quit and then it finally clicked and I said I can do this so we signed up for the triathlon the um cardinal sprint may 24th or something like that of 19 and um i need to learn how to swim so we practiced and practice and finally my friend crystal who again turkey sandwich duathlon and missy um, she said we need to start swimming in the morning so mary t the pool um opened at 5 a.m so we started swimming at 5 a.m and our coach actually saw us our swim squad coach saw us one morning and said you guys are doing invisible training. It's what you do here at these early mornings that make you better and excel during swim squad. Um, I was almost always in the slow lane, we'll say, during squad. I didn't care. I was having fun and it was just amazing. So um, that was fun. We also, um, I also got enticed into um, cycling, more spin classes at the Y. So we did spin classes at 5 a.m. Um, but again, 5 a.m. is my jam <laughs> to get up and do things. So, um, you know, it's, it's working out with friends. It's having a little FOMO of saying, I don't want to miss out on this because we're having so much fun together training. So, you know, we did that sprint triathlon and I'm going to tell you, I was like fourth from last, but man, did I feel good on my mountain bike coming in because that bike transition to run, I actually came in and <laughs> Somebody goes, dang, you're on a mountain bike <laughs> because we had to go up that hill at Central three times because we mm-hmm. did three and it was heck on a mountain bike. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I did the try and um, swam good, biked well and, and ran well, even though it was a hotter than hot day. And um, that really got me motivated to want to go further. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing how that happens. Um, And you're right. I think everybody can relate to the clicking or most people can relate to the clicking part in training because it seems like for me, for longer distance races, even if I'm constantly, if I have a base or whatever, you know, when you start to ramp up and things get really hard, you're like, man, this is just never, I don't know. I can't find my groove. And it's like one day, it's just that one workout or something and it all falls together and you just really have to be patient, um, which is not one of my, you know, strong suits. I just want to be like, I remember the first time I got in the water to swim, I was so mad. Um, my husband went with me, he's a triath- triathlete and 
I hadn't swam laps in my life ever. And I could swim well enough to like not drown, but that was about it. I'd never tried to swim competitively or anything. And he was like, I want to see how far you can go from this end to that end. And I was like, all the way, baby, <laughs> you know? And I get in and halfway through, I had to stand up in the lane. And he's just down there looking at me like this, like, what happened? I thought you were going all the way, you know? And when we got out of the pool, um, I practiced that exercise in futility you know, just being comfortable being in the water, who cared about if I was breathing or as long as I wasn't drowning. And we got out and he's like, you can't, this is the first time you've ever done this. Like, he's like, did, when you went out and ran the first time, did you go run a 5k? No, you didn't. You had to start. He's like, you've forgotten what it's like to start something new because you've just been, you know, you've got to give yourself some, some grace. And, um, so I kind of was like, he might know what he's talking about. So I went back, but you know, it didn't click for a long, long time for me. And I think swimming is one of the hardest things I've ever tried to do as an adult. Um, I like to try new things. I like to challenge myself physically. Uh, but that to me was hands down, one of the hardest things I've had to pick up as an adult. It does not come easy. And I'm kind of like you. I mean, I had people go get in the pool with me, people in our running group that were nice enough to come get in the lap lane with me and help and understood the frustration or the fear. You know, we do have a lot of ladies in our group who are fearful of swimming or have not, not do not know how to swim. So they're like really starting from scratch. Um, and I didn't have to battle those things, but it, you know, I can't imagine on top of, on top of just being frustrated to also have that fear. And I think there was some fear at some point with open water swimming. Um, and that's just one of those things you have to do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now the Cardinal sprint try, that's in the, that's in the pool. Yeah. Um, so, so I felt um, very safe. Uh-huh. Very safe. <laughs> Even uh, though when you got down to that end, it was 17 foot and it dropped off quick. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And the, the pool at the Y is like that. So I just um, actually started just getting in. I was doing the the wrong thing I was going into the other end to get in where I could touch and my husband's like no you need to you know get in on this end but um I the other tries that I've seen indoors I mean same kind of thing there's a drop-off so even there's a fear you know there's a fear there but how did you transition when you were training what was your first open water swim and tell us how you trained for that <laughs> you're gonna love this so my first open water swim wasn't until about a month before my half Ironman. Mm -hmm. And Allison, your cohort there, and Sarah and I went out. So Sarah is my amazing training partner for my try. Um, so she and I met through our running group. And um, I'm going to say probably in 2019, right before the spring running season is when we met. And we just kind of clicked again. And um, started running together and and then we again she's the one who got me into the spin cycling classes at the Y and we'd meet you know twice a week in the mornings at 5 a.m and then on the weekend and um and we started down the road of you know hey what can we do next and I enticed her into doing a sprint try and she did and then she kind of got hooked and again that question of what if came along and we decided to really just jump in full force and go 70.3 bound. And um, so I'm not really one to say I practiced a lot in open water because I did not. Um, and I should have looking back, but the opportunities weren't there for me to do that, whether it be timing or family obligations, because again, my training is usually at 5 a.m. And weekends are packed. So, and I actually am starting a new business on top of working full time. So, weekends have a five hour meeting once a week. So, it's really limited on time. So, um, but I'll going back to that first open water swim, we went up to Dean Lake one morning and um, literally like swam 400 meters. And I was huffing and puffing <laughs> because you can swim 25 meters, 2,500 meters in a pool in, you know, 50 minutes or whatever. And again, I'm slow. I'm about 220, uh, you know, per hundred or whatever. And, um, 
or on a good day, 207 or something. But, you know, it's, and again, I'm not out there for time. I'm just out there to see if I can do things. So we did this open water swim and Allison's out there and the sun's like seriously just coming up. It feels like, and I can't see squat. She's got this black kayak and I'm, I have to like tread water and be like, where is she? And I don't have my glasses on or contacts, obviously. So I can't see squat <laughs> and Sarah's making fun of me and Allison can't see me. I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? And, and so, but we did 400 meters. We went back like 800 and did another 400. And I was like, all right, well, girl, no big deal. Cause we were at our like time limit for like that training period or whatever. And man, it was just, it was eye opening because there's so much difference between a pool and open water. And, you know, we were the bottom is yucky and you got to get used to that and just murky water and you can barely see your hands. And so it's a, it's a big learning curve. And if you don't have that, you're going to be surprised. So, and I think the other item was, I'm sorry, I misinformed you. My first open water swim was the Indy try, which was the grossness of the Indian yeah. canal yeah that was yeah I don't count that I don't count. four foot petri dish <laughs> yeah Alice and I did that one that was fun it was awful but you know what but we we placed these different races and different events during our training just to make sure we were aware you know we did the mm-hmm. Indy try um that was the Olympic distance which we'd never gone that far before we did the 50 miler um, it's called a tour de pork up in um, southern Indiana and yeah. in Harrison County. And they we literally rode the hills of Indiana for about three and a half to four hours for 50 miles. And we knew if we could tackle those hills, we could tackle anything during that half Ironman because where we were going usually wasn't that hilly. <laughs> so right. we weren't, we didn't necessarily know the bike course all the way, but um, it didn't have that many hills. So it was exciting, but we, you know, when we made the decision to, to do a half Ironman, it was a, okay, we're all in together and we want to make sure that we both had each other's back and we were, you know, it's, it's a team effort here because I could not do this without Sarah and I don't think she could do it without me. So we decided on January 2nd of 2021. So this year. Um, that we were going to do September, I lost it, September 12th, half Ironman in Michigan, up in Frankfurt, Michigan. And that was our goal. And we had a 20 week race program or um, training program. And it was, uh, thought it looked pretty easy and thought it looked pretty good to follow. And it was a six day a week thing. And we started off having to make that baseline, you know, and I got in the pool for the first time since COVID. And I mean, I was huffing and puffing at 300 meters. Well, 300 is your warm up, you know, when you start doing this stuff. So, you know, we had each other's backs. We did so many trainings all the time. And I mean, after like three or four weeks, you are exhausted. Like, I mean, it's a haul to get up every morning, you know, at 5 or 4 a.m. to have a 5 a.m. workout. So, um, and also you need to work on nutrition. I mean, that's a whole nother ballgame that I had to go to somebody, um, a family member who was a sports nutritionist, thankfully, that mm-hmm. she helped me learn what I, what my body needed. Um, carbs are actually good. Didn't know that. <laughs> and, I you know, we, right. <laughs> I do too. So, you know, we wanted to make sure that I was fueling my body right, because again, I didn't know the questions to ask. I always wondered why on a half marathon, I just bonked out at mile 12 every single time after I started back in the running in 17. And I just couldn't understand why I wasn't feeling my body. Mm-hmm. And so now I know what to do. It's on <laughs> the next time I have a half marathon. So mm-hmm. um, that kind of went off topic on your question of, of open water. But um, yeah, we, we, we have had a, a, a wonderful journey. We can, we can go down that road too. Tell me a little bit about, you know, kind of what, what you've drawn from the running group from She Runs This Town or, and 
I know that you've given back to a lot of people in that group in different ways too. So it's not just what you, what you've gotten out of it, but tell me or tell the listeners kind of what your feelings are about your experience with that group too. So starting out as a, just a single runner that, I mean, I love my alone time and I love, I mean, I literally go out there and think of nothing but how I'm breathing and taking that next step. So joining that group was a big jump for me. And I know I stalked around for a little bit and then I finally had the guts to actually go and um, to a, to one of the meetups. And I don't remember exactly which one was my first. I want to say it was one of the ear, an Iroquois or something like that out in the hills and just going out and, and having that warm welcome of, um, of a bunch of women having their hands on your back and, and, you know, motivating you to make it up that hill or, um, just in general of how can we be so supportive of one another? Um, that's what kept me coming back. I have made the best friends in my life. I humbly thank you for, you know, making this a an amazing group of women who promote one another and again help one another because you are obviously our one of our amazing admins along with Allison and and you keep us going too and you keep us motivated and and uh, keep us informed of what we need to be aware of but you know learning about these very what's the word just very amazing women in our town that I would have never known um, from all backgrounds. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty sheltered in what I do in my life and I don't get out a ton. And so learning that all of these personalities exist out there are really enlightening to me. And it really brings a whole new dynamic to my life. I discussed with you earlier, I've got some friends actually coming over from the running group tomorrow. We're gonna have a tasty beverage on the porch. <laughs> and um, I am so happy that I'm making these friends because my best friend actually lives nine hours away. So I mm-hmm. barely get to see her. And that's why we reschedule those runcations together. So when she found out that I joined the group, she was so thankful that I had met so many great women in, in our city. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember. So I do love the thing about our group is that we have a lot of personalities. Um, And it's amazing. Some of these people, you would not know what they do outside of running. And then when you find out like what their profession is or how many kids they have and like all the other things that they're doing outside of running, it's then it even like levels it up even more. But I remember I didn't know you very well. And um, that we did the, it was the mini, I think, and you were in the Courier Journal, like you were, it was a picture of you, and you, I guess you were close to the finish line, but you had your arms up, and like, yep. your guns were, bla- like, guns were blazing, and you just had this look of, like, triumph on your face, and I was like, who is this, and I posted it in the group, so I clearly didn't know it was you, like, but I knew it was somebody, maybe one of you had a Moms Run This Town shirt on or something, and I was like, who is this person, I need this energy, I want to know who this person is and then you're like oh it's me (laughs) (laughs) and I think I've re I've used that picture like multiple times because I do feel like it embodies the spirit of what our group is about you know just all these strong amazing very um capable women that are your next door neighbors and the people that you work with and you're right like I as I get older I really covet my time like I choose wisely where I want to spend my time and I choose to be a part of this group and put a lot of time into it because like, it's just a great place to be in terms of how I'm going to spend my time. So, you know, it's, but it's that kind of energy, like that picture, I feel like sums up so much of the spirit of the group. So that's like one of my favorite, I have several favorites from just different members in our group that have been in media and stuff, but do you remember that day? Like, or that picture or anything, like what was going through your head or do you always do that at the finish line and they just happen to capture? No, I don't always do that. So my, um, in the picture with me is my best friend who's discussed. That's not and hours away. Okay. She, she actually came in for the mini that year with some mm-hmm. other South Carolina friends and that was a PR for her. 
And so we were coming down to the finish and I was like, yeah, I'm just screaming. And like, I, like, I think my mouth is wide open screaming and my, Mm -hmm. and my, and I even said, thanks swim squad for the guns (laughs) because that's the only reason why my arms were in shape. And, um, and she was getting a PR and she was literally like just looking off in the distance like she normally would. And I mean, it captures our personalities to a T. And I adore that photo. It was it's it's one of my favorite finish lines. The only thing that's missing from that picture in my mind is like a big Moms Around This Town tattoo on this side and like a big Iron Man 70.3 tattoo on this side. We can Photoshop that in, you know. <laughs> I might just do that. <laughs> With your permission, of course, I wouldn't absolutely it, have yeah. it. With your permission, we'll just share it in the group. Maybe with a T Rex behind you. I mean, we can really yes. zoom up if you. I was want to do just that. thinking that. Yeah, that would be amazing. But we awesome. ready to knock him out. Yes. Well, now that I know even more about, about like what was going on in that moment, that makes the picture even better. So thank you for sharing. A very that. good and memory for sure. We'll have to. Sh- hopefully, we'll share that when we. Um, put your podcast out so people are will link to it on the courage journey yeah. some credit but in the show notes we'll put it in the show notes so people can Fun. so um so yeah we've talked a little bit about it, like how the group has impacted you um and I know that you're in there you've been training so you've been really busy and um but I, I don't know if you've noticed how many new people we have that are coming into the group but the pandemic has really pushed people into running which is great um, but Alice and I keep thinking we need to do some more things for new runners in the group because I don't want people to not enjoy running. And if you do it wrong, when you start, you might end up hating it. And so, um, trying to be motivating, but not encouraging people to the point where they might injure themselves or, uh, burn out, try to go out too fast or too hard or whatnot. Um, so if you, if you've talked to other ladies, either in the group or outside of the group, cause I'm sure you, other people outside of the running group know who you are. We're not just your favorite people, but do you, do you ever give advice? Do people ask you like, how do I, where do I even start? Like to train for a 5k or a triathlon or whatever, you know, what is some of your wisdom that you would, you know, provide to that person? Yeah. So I am actually, I work for a custom home builder. And so I talk to vendors every day, all day long, um, along with clients. And I love to share my running achievements and triathlon achievements. And, and usually there's a, a big client during one of these races. And I will literally text them and say, I did it. And they're always just so excited for me as well. So that sharing that just is a motivator to all my vendors and um, a lot of people I talk to all the time. So, mm-hmm. and these vendors like there are running group are friends of mine. And so they motivate me and, you know, I'll walk into the showroom and they'll say, I saw your photo. This was awesome. How did you do that? And everything. And um, I would say to a new runner, actually, let me give you a story. So okay. a couple of years ago, I have a friend, we have a friend named Donna in our group. And she is one of my vendors. She's actually a manager at one of the showrooms. Um, She'll love hearing this. (laughs) So she um, was running the the fall race series because she had enticed her to run Urban Bourbon. Girls never hardly run before. And she came with me through the summer, the summer heat, early morning runs. And I said, all you have to do is just run to that next tree because we weren't in a, in a no mailboxes where you were no mailboxes run to the next tree run to the next sign do you know go slow and steady um you don't want to kill yourself out there you know just I mean just go slow and steady um, we're not held here to win the race it's you know it's a it's a marathon not a sprint so you just go mm-hmm. slow and steady till you uh, get there and then take a walk break who cares it's okay and so um I told her, I said, you can do this. You can do this. And I said, she was so excited when she got to that one mile. And I said, if you can do one, you can do three. She just like, there's no way I can do 5k. Well, she did it. And then I said, one day you'll say it's only a 5k. <laughs> and she was like, no, I'll never say that. I'll never say that. This is horrible. This is just, it's beating me. People do this. <laughs> That's right. And so I enticed her more and I said, 
you can do this. And she got to six miles and she, so, you know, she did that 5k, the Louisville, that the water company run, the pure tap, oh, the pure tap. Um, that, that fall. And she said, what do you mean? I don't get a medal. <laughs> she was very upset at that. <laughs> and so I said, okay. And, and she, and again, when we do packet pickup, you know, they didn't, you know, they said, oh, there's no metal for this. So I literally asked my dad to cut out a circle for me of wood and I painted it up and I put her hashtag on there, see Donna run. And it was the sweetest thing. Cause she goes, it's my favorite metal. And she hangs it up in her office. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's just a great, you know, I, I always say I am your biggest cheerleader when you want to do something or when you want to achieve something, I don't care what it is. Um, if you want to run a race or you want to do something outside or achieve something at work I mean I'm your biggest cheerleader and I'll help you out whatever you want but I don't always have the right answer but I do know more now than I used to and if I knew what I know now back in 2008 (laughs) I probably could have ran a two-hour half marathon with right so you know it's all about gaining experience learning slowly and learning from others so you know I again being that solo runner I never knew anybody who ran so that was you know not good for me but you know I went out there I did my best and I did great but knowing what I know now about running groups and and motivating other people and it's just amazing to where you know you've really got hands on your back supporting you so I would just say join a run group and do as much as you can, or just at least stalk, see what's going on and, and um, see where you fit in, because trust me, you'll fit in with somebody. Mm-hmm. Somewhere you'll find your groove and your That's people. Right. Mm-hmm. So all this new, new knowledge that you've gained and the experience that you have now with races, what is, uh, do you have some new goals or any future things that you're thinking about? Or are you kind of just still taking it all in from your race in September and you know, do you have any thoughts about that? You don't have to. So I am tricks, but. A, about a month and a half out right now, and I'm kind of still living in my glory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I will say I had huge plans for after the half Ironman. I had the urban bourbon was planned a month later. And then again, we've got turkey sandwich in November. But I will say that my body needs to rest. Mm-hmm. And Good. so I, I took urban bourbon and I went virtual instead because my, I just, my heart wasn't in it. It's like you, you get to that top of that mountain and you gotta give yourself a break. I'm take care, taking care of me now. And I'm just, you know, honestly, running is not my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so when I, when, now that I have swimming and cycling, running's number three. Mm-hmm. And if I could choose one, it would be cycling because I know that I may not be able to run the rest of my life, but I can always ride a bike as long as I can keep my balance, you know, when I get old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I would say that, you know, I just needed to take a break. Now, as soon as it was over, um, Sarah and I both said we should um, obviously uh, plan another one and I'm game for it. But um, I've got to get past this little hiatus that I need. Yeah. yeah. So was those was the bike the your favorite portion of your half Ironman? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we, that, we, it, the course is nice. Um, I saw pictures and it looked like it was a really good good place to be. For we that had the perfect race experience, and um, I, I will say so. Sarah picked the venue because she, her family is actually from that itty bitty little town of Frankfurt. And we were so lucky that she knew that area and had that experience. And, you know, we drove the course. That is the best thing we could have ever done because those stretches are long. (laughs) And I mean, you don't think about 56 miles, but woo. And even just looking at the swim course that morning when they set it up, it's very intimidating because 1.2 miles is really long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, when you swim a 25 meter pool, I mean, it's nothing in comparison of what you're actually getting ready to go do. So with all um, those bodies in the water with you and everything. 
yeah, that is very intimidating as well. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's nerve wracking. And, you know, m- again, my thought was once, and again, this is a, again, a mental game. Once I conquer the swim, I'm golden. You can always mm-hmm. slow down on the bike and you can always walk as yep. long as I don't drown. I'm good. Yep. So, but my main thing was I had to tell myself it's not once I finish, once I just, once I conquer that swim, because again, I'd never gone that long in an open swim. I'd never done this with 2000 people. I had never been in 60 degree water with a wetsuit on. I mean, we did a trial swim just in like the little Bay area of Lake Michigan two days before the race. That was cold. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, we literally walked in that water and we're shaking because it's, 60 degrees. I mean, I've never been in water that cold before. Thankfully, I had, I borrowed a wetsuit. I'm cheap. I mean, I'm going to, let's say frugal. (laughs) So, but I'm not going to go buy a wetsuit if I don't need one. I may not like this. That's why I didn't buy a road bike until after I knew I wanted to do more tries. And I literally did the first one on a mountain bike. So, you know, I finally started getting the gear that I needed. Um, a triathlon watch, you know, all that fun stuff to help me, you know, get through it. But um, driving the course, doing a sample swim, all that fun stuff, it helps me gain the awareness of my surroundings and what I needed to be prepared for, for race day. Um, Again, bike was the the favorite. I will say that there are some doozies of hills in Michigan. Um, We had (laughs) about four miles in there was one that was like a nice slow incline and um, you got to the top. I think I was going 26 miles coming back, 26 miles per hour coming back down. Mm-hmm. And you literally yelled at the top of your lungs on your left, because if that person even remotely came left, you're both done and you're only four miles in. So I, um, I just talked to my bike who's named Amy. <laughs> because um, she's actually named after a family member who, um, who actually died of cancer a couple of years ago. She was one of my favorites. Um, and I have the acronym always my yay. And so I talked to Amy during the bike ride and I said, girl, let's go. We got to make it back. <laughs> so, um, and she kept me safe and I kept going and we, um, we came back into town and the crowd support right then was amazing. And again, another mental strength, I knew people would be finishing when I came in and I would hear that because it's in the same area. And if I knew that, I would be mentally prepared to hear that and keep going. I still had a half marathon to run after and they were already finishing. So again, this is not just about strength. It's about mental capacity and strength of your of your mind and what you can handle. Uh, kudos to you for being able to say, I don't have to go on to the next thing right now. I am perfectly fine in the space that I'm at. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm not young anymore. And so it's not, you know, I feel like I do have a little bit of time to take, take a break. I don't have to constantly be training for something and I'm okay with that. Some people aren't always okay with that, but I'm glad that you have listened to your body and you know what your limits are. I mean, you've been through, your body has been through a lot in your lifetime. So you know what you can handle when you need to step back probably better than a lot. That's of right. That's right. And, and that's why I, I was telling myself, you know, it kind of, I kind of went back and forth for a week, but I was like, I hadn't ran since the try. Why risk hurting myself? And it's not worth it. And so I said, if I can run virtually, I'll do it next year, honestly, in the spring when I'm running for the mini. And again, with all of this awareness and all of this knowledge that I have now with nutrition, that this is going to be a lot easier for me. And I'll just do a couple half marathons before. So no big deal. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And we're humbled, you know, like we've had enough life experience to be humbled. That's right. right. But I do have to say one more thing, Stephanie, when, you know, for new runners, and, and honestly, I had a friend post on Facebook the other day. She's training for something that she's never trained before. And it's not about weight loss. It's not about getting a smaller body. I actually gained weight. I'm at the heaviest I've ever been except pregnancy, but I don't look it. 
Mm -hmm. And um, it's not about being smaller. It's about being stronger. And I think a lot of people need to hear that. And Mm -hmm. I think that um, it really takes time to soak that in. And it took me a long time because my body's a little wider than what it used to be because my legs are so stinking strong. I mean, I found muscles in my legs that I never knew existed. Um, So it's, again, not about being smaller. It's about being stronger. I agree with that 100%. I think we can't hear that enough. And a lot of us throughout our lifetime as women have heard the opposite, have received a lot of the opposite messaging that the desire is to be smaller, to weigh less. And I mean, my husband's a dietitian and he will tell athletes all the time, if you're losing weight during a training cycle, or if you're hungry a lot during a training cycle, you're doing something wrong. Um, and I agree with you. I, I weigh about the same that I weighed when I got married, which is coming up on like 16 years. And I, I'm much smaller. My clothes size is much smaller now. Um, things fit differently. And, but my pants fit, I mean, my pants fit different in different ways than they did 16 years ago. Like I, you know, I just, it's weird. I can't explain it, how you can be almost the same size in weight, but shaped completely different. So um, kudos to you for kind of saying that out loud, because it's something that we don't talk about a whole lot. And even in our running group, it's something we don't talk about a whole lot because we don't want to trigger people or we don't want to shame people. But at the same time, it's just so important to be validated and say, yeah, it's okay. You know, these things are normal. They're normal part of the training process. And if you want to worry about getting your weight down or other things, let's talk about that in between training cycles. And how do you, how do you get to that spot in a healthy, healthy way? Cause I mean, most athletes, most female athletes are not eating enough calories during a training cycle. They think they are. And then when they count it up and tell someone who actually knows what they're talking about, the person's like, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but you need to eat some more. <laughs> so it's a mix. It's like an opposite message that a lot of women get, you know, from what they've heard their whole life. So it's hard. It's hard for some people to make that transition. So I'm glad you said that. Yeah. And, and you know, when I learned what my body needed, it was shocking. I mean, it was, you know, I could hit my protein every day because I had another protein shake and I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I am a chocolate milk drinker and no coffee for me. So this is me like, you know, no coffee, no caffeine. So um, I probably drink two cups of chocolate milk in the morning every day. And that's a ton of good protein for me. And, um, but I never would hit my calories, my total calories needed. I, I never would. And I ate all day long. And so um, with that, you know, you, you may not get that, but you just have to trust the journey and trust what um, the numbers say on that portion, obviously, um, not everything. So I think Mm -hmm. that it's a, a learning curve on just how your body reacts to, and, and I, there were lots of changes in my body, just changing and eating more fruits and veggies and then, you know, eating something else to gain more carbs. So it, and I was like, I never thought about veggies as carbs. So, you know, it, and again, it's the awareness that, that was brought to my attention and, um, my, my, coach was like, that's a great word for that. It is awareness and education to make those informed decisions on what you put in your body. So now I will tell you before a race, I always have my shot of bourbon and my water (laughs) the night before, but there are choices we have to make. That's right. That's right. And that's okay. It's all about, you know, I mean, that one, that one thing is not going to wreck your, you know, it's not going to wreck you. So and it's good to have traditions. Right. So <laughs> people are always shocked when they hear what I eat and drink the night before a race. Um, and that's where like sometimes I talk too much because then I spit out all these things that my husband's taught me. You know, and if you're if you're, you know, I'm like, if you're trying to feel the night before, like the proper way, it's too late, you know, and all these other things. But um, I'm also superstitious, so I always pretty much have the same thing. That's right. Well, and it was funny in Michigan, we, uh, one of our hotel neighbors, she seemed pretty, a lot more serious than we were. And um, I was like, oh yeah, we had a flight of beer, you know, the night before the half Iron Man. She goes, you drank? I was like, oh girl, I'm I'm from Kentucky. I usually have bourbon (laughs) with beer. I went light. 
That's funny. Yeah. I mean, you got to have a little fun. You got to live a little, right? All the training is there, done. So now it's just having fun. Race night, the night before the race and the race day is just fun. That's right. Oh. And I have to say that, you know, wake up at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. on race day was easy with all of our 4 a.m. alarm. So mm-hmm. another good thing about early training. So mm-hmm. you didn't tell me about that. You didn't tell me with that. I see what you're doing. You're trying to sneak it in where you can. You're trying to t- t- take me over to the dark side with the 5 a.m. workouts. I don't know. You might get me one day. Literally the dark side. <laughs> Literally the dark side. Dark 030. Right. <laughs> so before we wrap up, I want to ask you um, the question that I ask everybody. Um, but before I even do that, I just want to say that even if you aren't going to tell us what you're going to do next, but I know you and Sarah probably have secretly talked about it, but you don't have to divulge it here because that would be fair. I'm sure there's going to be something else fun down the road, whether it's another half hour man or any, whatever you do, I know that it's going to be fun. Um, please keep us posted. And if there's a way for us to follow your journey, um, let me know. And I can put it in the show notes. Um, like if you have social media or anything like that, and I'll make sure that I get it in there for you so that we can kind of spy on you while you're um, preparing for your next adventure. But whatever it is, I hope that um, you at least keep our running group posted because I remember Allison and I figured it out that you two were training for something. I mean, we figured it out before you told anybody, but we didn't want to ruin the surprise. And then we also didn't want to be wrong. So we kept it a secret, but we were so excited. I think excited. we wanted to keep it a secret for a little bit until we got really into it because- we so excited. We were questioning our sanity for a little while. Yeah, well, so. we live vicariously through you all when it comes to oh. training. So we were, <laughs> we were over the moon when we figured it out. So oh. or that's when we suspected- um, and we're just so proud of you guys. I mean, we know what it takes. I mean, obviously, Allison's done a half Iron Man, and I trained with her through none of that, but was emotionally supportive and it was exhausting. So I can't imagine physically doing everything that you all did. And I'm so proud of you and Sarah both. And I hope that you all might think about coming back on and talking in detail about your training experience and just kind of how you support each other and what's important. and um, you know, focus on some of the positives, because I think if more women would step out of their comfort zone and do that, you know, um, it could be pretty life-changing for some people. So, um, maybe we can talk to Sarah about that and I'm sure I can twist her okay, arm. <laughs> just work on her a little bit. I'll have Allison talk to her too. So, that being said, I want to ask you what I always ask all of my guests on the podcast. Of course, this is the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. So we always talk about badass mother runners and that's why you're on here. But when you hear Bammer, when you hear the word Bammer, I mean, obviously it's a term of endearment in our running group, but when you hear it, what do you think of, or who, who is the woman that you think of when you hear that term? Honestly, I, and, and I want to say this with trying to be as humble as possible, but I think of myself now but I didn't think that before. Mm-hmm. So I had to get to that point. Um, when I think of it, I guess at first I thought of like a you and how you would run these ultras. And I see you and so many others in our running group achieve these amazing distances. And I think, wow, just, I can't, like, I can't even imagine running a marathon. I mean, I can't, I, I'd never see myself running 26 miles, never, but I'll go do 70 like an idiot. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's a, again, it's a mental game. And I think of a, a confident, proud, um, just overall good person making great choices for themselves, saying to themselves, self-care is not selfish and that person will prevail in all of their accomplishments. Two. Boom. I try. Boom. And I agree. I mean, I agree with all of those things. And I think, you know, sometimes we just don't give ourselves enough credit. And, you know, when you're seeing, you're watching all these other women do amazing things in the group, you're doing the same amazing things. It just may look different. I mean, everybody's journey is a little bit different. Right. It doesn't have to be a half a half marathon. It could be a 5K or 
I mean, the mailbox strategy, you hit the next mailbox. I mean, it's your journey. It's what, you know, and you have done that. I mean, you've done this amazing thing this year and you, you did it. You, you just made a plan and made it happen. Even on the days you thought you were like, ah, this is not going to work and you still push through. And so you made it happen. And that, I think that's amazing. So I appreciate you coming on as a fellow Bammer and talking about your journey and just giving advice. And I look forward to watching to see what you do next for sure. It's exciting. Well, I am. Yeah, we don't have plans yet. So we're still okay. in the talking nope. stages, but um, I'm sure we'll have something, something up soon, but I appreciate you asking me and I love just sharing and, and, and want to, I guess, um, ask the question to your listeners of just say to yourself, what if, you know, what if I can do this? What if I can, I, I can do that. So challenge yourself, even if it is out of your comfort zone. And I think that, um, that is where you see results and you see changes in yourself, not only physically, but mentally. And I'm so excited to share these stories with you. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. If you like what you've heard, hit subscribe to the podcast so you can catch the next episode when it's live. Also, you can find me um, on my blog. That is bluegrassbammer.wordpress.com. Or you can follow me at Bluegrass Bammer on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. See you next time. And until then, happy running.